this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Our passage of scripture this morning is really quite long, and I hope you'll hang with me, because before I want to read this, I want to give you a little backstory on Zechariah in case it's been a while since you've heard his story. Zechariah is John the Baptist's father, cousin to Jesus, and it was Zechariah and Elizabeth's house that Mary made her way to that we talked about last Sunday. And so before I'm going to read this passage, I'm going to give you the cliff note backstory on what happened to Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was from a priestly family. It would have been a job he was born into. He was a professional religious person like me. His job was to represent the people in God's temple. They were good people, but like every good person, they had long-held prayers that had not been answered. Both of them had longed for children, but the children had not come. If you have ever known the pain of waiting and hoping for an unanswered prayer, a prayer you continue to pray day after day, week after week, year after year, then perhaps in some way you know the heartache of what these two experienced. Now one day, Zechariah is chosen to do the most important job a priest could do. His job was to go into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, to light incense and pray on behalf of all of God's people. As the smoke rose to God, it was a symbolic of their prayers rising to God. And it was so important in this priestly role that a priest could only do it one time in his life. And it was Zechariah's year. It was his chance to do it. He was to go in and pray, represent the people, and then come out of the temple and offer a blessing to all of God's people. And Zechariah is in there. He's doing his thing. It's his big moment in the temple. He's praying to God, and an angel shows up and says, I've got news. Your prayers have been answered. Now, this is probably just amusing to maybe me, but when Zechariah is in the temple, in God's holy temple, he is praying to God, he is representing God's people, and when God actually shows up in his life, he's shocked, he's horrified, he's astounded, he can't believe it. His first reaction is, what? How can this be? And with that, he is struck silent. Now, there's this old joke you've probably heard before about the minister who was going to pray with a member of his church who he had heard was at death's door. The doctors, the family, everyone knew this woman did not have long. And he went to the hospital to offer prayer with her just to offer some word of comfort in her final moments. And when he gets there, the woman, the patient, says, Pastor, I want you to pray that I'm going to be healed, that I have more days ahead of me. And the pastor reluctantly, cautiously offers a prayer for her healing. And as soon as he says amen, 
She throws back the curtains. She hops up out of that bed. She gives him a big hug. She goes out dancing in the hallway of the hospital. She's healed. And the pastor's just standing there by himself. And he looks up to the heavens and says, don't you ever do that to me again. <laughs> Sometimes we ministers are shocked when God actually shows up in our midst. Zechariah proclaims this cannot be. After all this time, he's going to be a father. And with that, he completely loses his ability to speak. Like nine months not a peep, not a sound. The professional talker loses his ability to talk. He didn't go out and offer his special blessing to the people. He missed his big moment. He couldn't say a word. As his wife's belly grows, he couldn't say anything. When Mary shows up and says this new thing that God is doing in the world with the birth of her son. So when our scripture begins this morning, we are eight days after his son's birth. Zechariah is there and he's still not making a peep. And I invite you to read along with me in this story. It says, I'm going to be in verse 9. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, none of your relatives has this name. And then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth opened and his tongue freed and he began to speak praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, what then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. And then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of the holy prophets of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors. He's remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. So after affirming that his name would indeed be John, Zechariah finally lets the world know he has something to say. He finally gets to offer his long-held blessing. He speaks of what God has done and what God is going to do. 
He speaks about his son John and who he will be in this world, that he will be a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. It's beautiful words. But listen again. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. After long nine months of not a peep, Zechariah has something to say. The professional holy man who could not believe that God would answer his long-held prayer needed to learn to be quiet. He had to shut his mouth and spend some time listening and watching what God was doing in his life and in the world. And maybe it's because I too happen to be a professional religious person who talks a lot about God and how God acts in the world. I find it fascinating that he, of all people, needed to listen and watch. He had to be quiet, to be still, to watch what God is doing. As a side, as a side note this morning, maybe you too know today the pain of having a long-held prayer that you just keep praying. Year after year, you pray, you wait for some answer, some glimmer of hope, some peace along the way, and you know how hard it is to continue to carry that prayer to God. And if that is you today, then maybe perhaps one lesson, if any, that you need to take from this story is to hear a reminder of God's faithfulness. It might not be the answer you imagined. It might not happen on your timeline and end up looking like the picture that you imagine for your life. But sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's even better than you imagine. Keep praying. Keep bringing that prayer before God. And even today, on a day like today, not long after such enormous tragedy in our community that we're still continuing to even learn about, as we grieve all the devastation around us, I dare say, because I believe it, that out of the ashes of our sorrow, God can work a new thing. And right now, in these days, maybe we can't see it yet. We might even have trouble believing it. But that is why we come here, to this place, to this community of faith, to remind ourselves as we light candles in the darkness, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That is who he is and will always be, and we cannot lose sight of that. You know, I came across a Christmas card that I had held back and kept from last year. It was some um, long-held friends of mine in Tennessee, and... Um, like many of our own families, this family happens to know too well the pain of a struggle of someone they love with addiction. Their son had struggled for many years. And in fact, some years ago, five or six years ago, he had a very big, epic 
newspaper headline, Fall from Grace, where he lost his job and lost his parenting custody, and it was a very hard and long road. And he has managed from that day forward to find his way to sobriety and in this Christmas card note from his mom, she happened to mention an update that he had gotten a job back in the field that he loved and was so good at. And she signed the card after all the updates. She ended her note with saying, I continue to give thanks to my God of second chances. I think of all the years, all the years, the late nights, the pain, the sorrow, how many years have they prayed? Have they hoped? Don't lose hope. Time and time again, keep knocking at that door. Keep bringing that long-held prayer to God. Like Zechariah, you just might find yourself stunned by what God can do even when you least expect it. And along the way, while we wait, there are lessons for us all to learn. Zechariah, well, he needed to learn to be quiet. He needed to learn to spend some time listening and seeing what God is up to. And maybe that's a lesson right now that is for you. Maybe you need to learn how to be quiet every now and again. You know, when I was just at a seminary, I took part in this retreat for young ministers. And part of that four-day retreat every time is that 36 hours of it was spent in silence. And I knew this was going to be happening at the retreat. And one of the things that you could do is you could sign up with one of the leaders of the retreat for a little spiritual direction time. It was really the only time you were allowed to talk. So I signed up real quick because I was all about it. I would have signed up for hours of spiritual direction if the, I could only sign up once. So, uh, and I still remember my very first retreat my very first sit down with the leader of the retreat, and he said, how is this time being quiet? Keep in mind, there's no TV, no radio, no nothing. We are with the monks at a Catholic retreat center. And he said, how is this time going? And I said, well, pretty good. You know, I, I came prepared. I brought some note cards so I can write some people at church some notes, and I've got my planner and I've been working on my sermon plans for next year and I've been working on my calendar and he said wait a minute wait a minute this is not a time set aside for you to be more productive listen that's all you are supposed to be doing is listening so trust me I get Zachariah too well today because sometimes I think we can all get so caught up and not wasting a minute of squeezing everything we can to just go and do that we can miss it if we're not careful. We can miss the ways God is at work in our lives, the good gifts that are all around us. When sometimes all God needs us to do is stop, listen, and watch. Be still and know that I am God. Now in these last 24 hours, I've had these words from Thomas Merton in my mind. Thomas Merton was a Trappist monk who lived much of his life at the Abbey of Gethsemane, just outside of Bardstown. And what Merton wrote, 
he said, you do not need to know precisely what is happening or exactly where it's all going. What you need is to recognize the possibilities and challenges offered by the present moment and to embrace them with courage, faith, and hope. Zachariah needed to learn how to be quiet. He needed nine plus long months to really see and figure out what God was doing in his life. And his son John would become a prophet like no other. He would prepare the way for Jesus. He was the one to recognize him from the start of his ministry and to baptize him. From the very beginning, John was there. And Zechariah needed to learn to watch and see what God would do in his son's life. But what about you this morning? What lessons do you think God is wanting you to learn right now? How can you embrace the possibilities and challenges of this very present moment to grow more fully into the person God is calling you to be? What is God wanting you to learn? By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon you to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide your feet in the way of peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.